0: Welcome to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast episode number 25. This episode, as you can probably tell by the title, is all about drilling. Does it actually improve
1: your jiu-jitsu or is it a big old waste of time? Yeah, there's, uh, well, first thing, hello, Kieran, what's up? What's up, Adam? Not much, bro, not much. How are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. How are you feeling? Uh, not the best, <laughs> not the best. <laughs> Maybe let's, let's... uh Story time. Story time. Bit of pet. Bit yeah. Wait, spin a dit. I'm going right? to say, ah, <laughs> look at you go. All right. First yeah. officer, Adam, over here. <laughs> uh, yep. <laughs> we need the Tweety Birds on this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah,
0: so uh, basically what Adam is alluding to is I am injured. Yesterday we did some park rolling, did some rolling sessions in the park now that in Sydney, restrictions have eased for fully vaccinated people. Uh, they can gather in groups of five for uh, exercise and picnics and all sorts of shit. So we put some mats down in the park uh, and not the first time we we had done it during this easing period of restrictions. Anyway, I was rolling. I was in uh, Cuba, a blue belt in his clothes guard in Nogi. Uh, I went for the... Mainly because rolling in the parking
1: keys would look really Yeah, it look really
0: weird when, you know, we're a bit self-conscious. We don't want to <laughs> so, look a bit... So we
1: just went full nude.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah. And uh, Ads doesn't wear underwear as we've established. <laughs> so anyway, I was in, uh, I was in Close Guard. I, I went for the Close Guard Escape Sea Grips into the armpits, stand up and then I, I've actually got this on film. So by the time this releases, it's well and truly on YouTube. So if you are a subscriber to my YouTube channel, you would you would already know this, but um, what happened is, and I got it in slow mo as well, in four K. Yeah. <laughs> um, what happened is, I reviewed the footage, and my my right foot, as I went to um, step back to push down on the uh, the knee, the leg in the standard escape, it slipped on the mat, and then I landed on an awkward sort of twisting angle on my left knee. Uh, I don't know the full extent of the damage yet. But you guys probably do, particularly if you've seen it on my YouTube, because I'm no doubt going to be releasing it there. Um, but I'm a bit concerned about potential um, meniscus and et cetera. So I got an MRI, but yeah, fucked up my name. Did you get an MRI? No, I got an MRI um, scheduled. Yeah, sweet. When's yep. that? Um, so it's probably going to be next week. I've got to confirm.
1: <laughs> In the words of my son Atlas, you've got a boo-boo. Yeah, I've got a boo-boo.
0: Um, yeah, a <laughs> bit concerned, but- Well, um, I mean, good news yeah. for
1: you, Kieran, because- uh, Last week we recorded an episode called How to Deal with BJJ Injuries. Yeah, so, go fuck um, yourself. You have, <laughs> that should be due to release in the, in the coming weeks. You can yeah. have a listen to that and uh, on your way. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I mean, um, I, w- I was there when it happened. I didn't actually see it, but, you know. Uh, you heard my, my I fucking swearing. Definitely, I definitely off. heard you swearing and crying and, you know. <laughs> and, and the, I blew up. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean. I think I was more scared know. than anything about the knee.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was quite – I mean, because I didn't see it, I didn't have any initial reaction, but it's yeah. quite a, a odd position to severely injure yourself, you yeah. know, f- uh, falling back down onto you, onto your knees from from standing close guard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's not like – well, yeah, you've got it on, on footage. It's not like Kuba opened his guard and tried no. to go for a sweep and, no, like, he landed he on your do, knee or anything. It, nothing
0: he did caused me to slip.
1: I. I think the only thing that could compound the the injury slash pain is that it was just on some mats in the park. Yeah, so, you know, they're not, yeah, not as padded as mm. you used to in the gym. So yeah, for sure. I mean, I've, I mean, I've hurt my knee from, from just shooting a, a single or double leg too hard mm. and just smashing my knee into the mat. And I mean, I've got, I've got knee, knee issues, but you know, the point I'm trying to make is you could hurt your knee on soft mats. So then oh, when yeah, you're on yeah, like sure. really, hard, essentially quite hard mats in the park and you know, Kuba's 80 kilos, some 85, something, yeah, about, or something I, I like that. I reckon
0: he's very similar to my yeah. weight. We're very so you know, weight.
1: when you're picking that person up and then you yeah. slam back down onto your knees, yeah. you know, like my initial thought was that you had maybe um, popped a bursa. Uh, for those who don't know, a bursa, well, I don't know the exact details, but a bursa is kind of like this fluid cushioning sack mm. thing in your knee. Um, I've popped one before and your knee instantly like swells to the size of a- That's similar to what a happened. But- te- a grapefruit, it goes oh, ma- like, okay, massive. No. Like if you pop a bursa- You know about it. Oh, you know, like okay. your knee goes instantly huge. Okay. So at first I thought like, oh, maybe you've like popped a bursa or something. Yeah which is not that severe of an injury. It's just dealing with swelling. Um,
0: What's your prediction? What do you reckon?
1: Yeah, I don't know, bro. Like, I mean, I'm hoping it's just like quite severe bone bruising. Yeah, I I hope it's just bruising, yeah. You know, you said that you're concerned that it might be meniscus. I mean, I've had two meniscus surgeries Mm. on the lateral, the outside of my knee, which is where you're feeling the the pain, and the way that you were describing kind of feeling some pain going up into your quad and stuff. Mm. I never felt that with the meniscus. If anything, Mm. it was more sort of uh, more localized to the knee connecting to the calf opposed to to the Uh, quad, Okay, you know, but – yeah. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm hopeful. It's just really just a severe bone bruise because yeah. it was such a standard position to kind of impact your knee. But then again, you know, you can, you could break an ankle by stepping off a curb wrong. Yeah. You know? Like you're going to hurt yourself yeah. any which way. But I mean, like I said, how to deal with injuries for that episode last week. Just you, need to, know. you know, go watch that. Yeah. You'll, you'll be good to go, bro. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's unfortunate timing if it, if it it does turn out to be something a little worse, where here in Sydney at the moment we're looking like if nothing changed, well, I mean, we'll be out of this initial lockdown by the Mm. time this episode releases. But at the time of recording, we're 12 days away from this like uh, restrictions more or less lifting for people who are double vaccinated here in New South Wales. It's got me so bummed now. (laughs) But, um, you know, man, I, (laughs) To to put your mind at ease, like I would, have you already booked in the MRI? Um,
0: no, I, I had to get a referral first, so I've got yeah. the referral to it to do it, and I've just got to book into an imaging center. Yeah,
1: you call today, bro. If yeah. you can get in ASAP, because it already like even then, once you get the MRI, you're still looking at a few days to get the results mm. back, and it's just peace of mind, right? Um, mm. I've had multiple MRIs, right, because even. Outside of my surgeries, I then became quite self conscious, not self conscious, but I became really cautious about anything that happened with my knees. Mm -hmm. And they'll always find something, you know, like they'll, they could do an MRI on your other knee and they'll tell you, you've got a partial tear in something. Like, I mean, Mm. they'll find something. There's always inflammation or whatever. And so, um, you know, I wouldn't stress too much about it, but it's just good peace of mind. Yeah, 100%.
0: But if you want to check out how I fucked up my knee, it's on YouTube. (laughs) High high definition, 4K, (laughs) slow mo footage. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Worth a watch, but anyone who's a bit squeamish, it's not, you're not seeing anything like snap in half. It's it's, it's, it's not like that. It's just me
0: falling on my knee and like swearing for 10 minutes. Uh, Yeah. (laughs)
1: It's like whenever I see like something on Reddit, that'll be, it's like the subreddit had to hurt. And then it'll say something like, oh, look at the way his leg bends. I'm like, yeah clicking on that bro i got
0: oh did you see the uh, video of the guy in a competition this was a little while ago uh earlier this year where he was in a kamora but his arm bone snapped in half
1: oh my god i did not and i will
0: oh go. man it was hectic it it went viral on the bjj subreddit and oh, no. dude like he the guy in his own words the reason he didn't tap is cuz he didn't feel any pressure on his shoulder he was his shoulder was fine cuz you know kamora being a shoulder lock he's like yeah i'm yeah, fine I, I can sit here but there was so much pressure that his fucking bone snapped.
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, it can happen, right? I was, when I was, what belt was I? I was either blue or purple belt. And um, I, I'm trying to, sorry, I'm just replaying it in my mind. Yeah, I was a, a blue or purple belt. And I, and I got submitted with a, a footlock you uh, know, in, in a competition, just like a straight foot lock. But mm. as most people know, you tend to sort of turn towards belly down, straight foot locks. Mm. And, and it wasn't on my foot at all, but I swear to God, like I thought my shin was going to break in half. And yeah. I was looking down at my leg and I could just see my shin just bowing. Oh, and I, and out. I was like, nah. and like, don't get me wrong, it hurt as mm. well. But it wasn't like, I think, high, you know, If I look back at it, if my eyes were closed, I probably wouldn't have tapped. Don't get me wrong, it really, like it was super painful, but it was more like I visually saw like my shin turning into a bow, like a bow and arrow. Like it was just bending so much. And I was like, he's gonna break my shin in half. Mm. And like, I was like, nah, like. You know, and yeah, still super hurt. I'm mm. not saying that uh, that he didn't legit have me in a submission, but it was just that visual you prompt tapped, of like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever works, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, boy. But yeah, it was. Um, yeah, something like we've spoken a lot that you could learn to tap sooner.
0: Yeah, yeah, I definitely can, but I can also learn to do more drilling.
1: Drilling, bro. I've heard it's good.
0: Yeah, drillers are killers, right? <laughs> I've heard are that killers,
1: one. Drill to kill. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. I mean. Uh, probably i mean in the more recent it's not recent it's pretty ancient now but a while back one of the the earlier names in in jiu jitsu in australia would is kit dale right a lot of people know who yeah. kit dale is and he copped heaps of flak cuz he he went on to say that drilling's a waste of time and all this and he look i don't know kit personally and he's not someone really i really follow he, um you know, I don't really follow him on, on what his day-to-day, what he does and, and everything. But I believe as it went on, he ended up kind of backpedaling and, and then advocating for drilling. So I don't know the full story. I know now he has heaps of instructionals and stuff, but I guess what I'm trying to say is, is in Australia, Kit Dale was someone who came out to say quite publicly that drilling was like a waste of time and things like that. And, yeah, he copped heaps of shit for it because anyone who's trained – knows that most people drill and lots of people drill and there's mm. a lot to be gained from drilling mm. right and I think you would even agree in your in your short time of training right
0: no I completely disagree <laughs> like I uh no no I, I definitely think that man I think drilling is really important obviously like I don't understand how you would learn how to do the movements without drilling them like particularly in the beginner, beginner stage. Like I'm, I'm still a white belt as everyone knows. So this by this age, I say it like every episode. Um, But (laughs) I mean, yeah, I think without drilling, I don't know how I could feasibly learn the movements. It's repetition. Your jujitsu is so nuanced. It's so like, I'm not gonna say delicate, but certain techniques can be pretty complicated. Like. You know, they put their hand here. You need to react this way. And in in the heat of the moment, in a role, in a competition, you need to do it instantly. You need muscle memory, right? So I think that the foundation of that muscle memory is created during drilling and then it is the timing of that muscle memory is perfected during rolling.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll just point out there's for the one listener we might have who who, who doesn't train jiu-jitsu, my mom. (laughs) my my mom thanks mom mom listens to all my episodes Um, (laughs) 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 drilling is is we're referring to just practicing the the techniques right Mm. like um going over them Mm. and you know there's different types of drilling and even inside a class there's different Uh, ways that you drill the technique uh, and that's gonna be dictated by your instructor, right? What I mean by that is, let's say your instructor teaches the technique and they might say, okay guys, do 10 each Mm -hmm. or they might show the technique and they'll go, okay guys, three minutes on the clock, you know, one for one, Mm -hmm. take it in turns or they might go three minutes each, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. okay? But, and even then like some, some instructors do, Far longer, uh, yeah. Like rounds of drilling yep. for me, <clears throat> you would know, right? I typically put three minutes each on the clock for the student to drill mm-hmm. the the technique. But yeah, I've I've trained at some gyms where they'll put like five or eight minutes, and then on top of that, some gyms teach, you know, like the same technique for the week or even the month. Like, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, <clears throat> I've never trained at gyms like that. I I don't enjoy training that way. Yeah uh for some people it, it might work i find it super tedious and just too much repetition mm. uh and there's other reasons why i could go into why it's uh i believe the wrong way to teach but let's go on. A, <laughs> into it well i mean it's just okay so we're kind of kind of trying to cover two things here one on the one hand it's super super important to drill cuz you need a lot of repetition okay like the the famous Quote from Bruce Lee yeah. in a um, in a nutshell is what is it like, oh, I don't fear I don't the fear, man yeah. who trains a thousand kicks, I fear the man who trains one kick a thousand times yeah, or whatever. Um so yeah, there does need to be a lot of repetition, which is why at its core, drilling is important, right? However, from a teaching point of view, when you teach the same thing or even theme, some gyms will teach a theme for a month, like, you know, they'll do mount for a month or a week or whatever it is the issue with that is well one jujitsu is just so diverse and dynamic right like you could teach a different technique every day and like you'd still never cover all the techniques in jujitsu in a lifetime right Uh, but the student it's it's kind of like the the argument that (coughs) instructors tend to make is they they don't want students to miss out on whatever technique they're teaching, you know, so that student who didn't train or doesn't train on a Monday or whatever, doesn't miss out when they turn up on a Tuesday, which that logic is flawed because then you're structuring your whole class around rewarding students who don't train, opposed to rewarding the students who do and turn up more consistently, right? Uh, So if you're there, if you train five days a week, in every day, every class, you're doing the same technique and sequence. That might be fine if it's one of your favorite techniques that you wanted to drill anyway. But what if I said to you, like, let's say, for example, okay, what's a technique I'm not really a fan of? Oh, let's say, like... Spider guard. Uh, a spider guard or something, right? Whatever. I'm like, oh, man, I hate spider guard. I don't like playing spider guard, you know. Have you tried
0: tarantula guard?
1: <laughs> tarantula guard, yep, yep. Trapped spider guard, yeah. yep. What's that spider, Andrew, Andrew's Cross, isn't that a spider? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Andrew's Cross yeah. Guard, yeah. Um, what if I don't like Spider Guard and then we're doing Spider Guard for the month? and I'm like, well, F this month, or mm-hmm. training or, you know. You're
0: just going to check out during the drilling.
1: Or yeah. maybe not turn up.
0: Yeah, right? and what particularly if-, if you're at a gym that does that and also puts eight minutes on the clock and, oh, dr- and, and drills for like 45 minutes, Fuck me.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, one of one of my students was recently, you know, elsewhere, not recently, a, a while back before lockdown was elsewhere in Australia for work, right, for a f- six weeks or something like that. So he was training at a different gym while he was there, and when he came back, I was like, dude, show me what – because the gym he was at is a really good, credible gym with a really high-level instructor and competitor. I was like, dude, what did you learn? Like, show me cool stuff. And it was just this one, like – three or four move sequence and that's all they did for like the whole four six weeks all right. like that's it and i was like okay that's cool and don't get me wrong there's lots of little details and nuances and that like man like I, mm. th- for me personally i would get super bored yeah me too like I, I would you know one of the things that attracts me the most to jiu-jitsu is how diverse it is and mm. how every day can be something different and new and yeah so it's just the wrong way to teach in my opinion like yes there needs to be a lot of time spent on repetition and mm. things like that
0: but i think you could do that with spaced repetition because there's something like i i noted out a little while ago uh in in terms of um learning how to learn and mm. there's a concept that everyone would be familiar with spaced repetition as in you you learn a concept and then you know x amount of days later you, you go over it again and then x amount of weeks later and the next amount of months and that's how you convert something into long, long-term memory storage. Yep. Yep. You need spaced repetition. If you chose mount escapes or something, or or mount, or, or whatever, a theme for a month, and then you didn't cover that again until the following year, that that space, there's no space repetition yeah, that like you're cramming, and then <laughs> it's so month, funny you're we, gonna lose it.
1: We, we were just talking about something similar before we started recording, completely different subject, but we were talking about, um, you know, you had had to learn some anatomy and stuff like that. And yeah, like ask yourself anyone who's, you know, maybe doubting what Kieran just said, ask yourself this, like, was there a subject in school or uni that you sucked at and you crammed for a week
0: Mm. and got like super
1: knowledgeable on Mm. whatever subject and you passed your test. And can you remember that shit now? No, bet you you can't. It's gone. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I just really think it's it's the wrong way. Yeah, to agreed.
0: And if people are bored, they're not going to retain anything. If you're bored, you you don't learn. Yeah, like straight up, you just don't. Like I said, Unless it's fine. It's
1: fine if it's that current technique you're you're frothing on. Mm. But I mean, we spoke about in um uh, hang on, let me bring up what episode it was. Um, what, what was the episode about? about how to enjoy episode 19, how to enjoy the grind, and yeah, why you should join the Navy. Mm. And one of the things that that I spoke about was, you know, how I like to find the technique or position that I'm having fun with and I play with that for however long. Yeah. So, I mean, if I'm going through a phase of just frothing on worm guard, mm. yeah, sure, I'd probably be happy to drill it every day for a month or whatever, yeah. but the, the chance that, 100% of your students are all going to be frothing on the same technique at the same time and want to – man, it's just, yeah. And that's I, the
0: difference between thinking like a competitor and thinking like a coach. They're different mentalities. Yeah, they're
1: super different. Fabio said to me years ago how difficult he found it to be a coach and a competitor at the same time. They're opposite mentalities. Yeah, because, you know, to be a, a high-level successful competitor – You have to, at the end of the day, be rather selfish, right? Mm. Because it's your training and Mm. it's your drilling and your jujitsu that has to be a priority over everyone
0: else's. And on the flip side of that, to be a good coach, you need to be absolutely selfless and think nothing about yourself. More, more so, your students and your your instructors. Yeah, it should be the opposite, right? Like, I mean, a very it's a dichotomy, isn't it? They're completely opposite.
1: A very basic example would be often. You know, for, for me personally, I I teach 99% of the classes at the gym. So obviously when I train, it's also during a class. And there's times when just the numbers or the groups or whatever, just or the partners, they just don't match up correctly. Mm. So I don't get to train, mm. right? And I'm not saying like, oh, poor me. I'm like, well, it's I'm not there for, for me to train. I mean, if I can train, awesome. Mm. However, it's the student's class, not mine. So if the choice is for me to miss out on training or that student to have to miss out on training so I can roll, I mean, it's, it's a no brainer, yeah, right? I miss out. No-brainer. I'm the teacher. Like, yeah. you know, uh, I mean, you know, usually there's ways you can structure it with groups of three or whatever, or if there's, if the class is long enough, you have rest rounds. So people are happy to rest one, roll one, you know, but, the point I'm trying to make is that it's just, it's the student's class,
0: right? What do you, just going back to, does drilling improve your jiu-jitsu? What do you think about drilling versus specific training? So if you had to choose one, I know in a perfect world, you don't choose one, you do both, right? Yeah. But I've heard that the there's an argument and um, I, I don't wanna misquote or, or butcher it. So I'm not gonna name who who I was talking to about this, but basically the concept is that if you had to choose one, specific training is the way to go. Meaning you put yourself into, like you you essentially drill bad positions, um, but with a more rolling concept. So for those that don't know, I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone listening would know what specific training is, but effectively the concept is you start in a bad position, you you well, roll not, ne-
1: not necessarily a bad position. Or you, you start, start in a, in position. a, in a yep. specified position.
0: Yeah, you start in a specified position. Hence, specific. You you roll until that position has resolved or or, or what have you. So, for example, you could start in bottom mount, and the the uh you, the roll will reset if you escape or if your opponent submits you. Yep. So th- that's the concept. Uh, and the the basically the discussion was that specific training at a bad positions. Can be more effective than just drilling a technique
1: yeah uh you know i think I think I've never been asked if you had to do one or the other I mean mm. I kind of that, that question doesn't even come into my mind I think you this have is a to, little you, bit redundant you yeah I both. mean well you have to do both, but I know people and I know high level people who think that specific training is a waste of time and I feel oh, really I feel like I'm trying to talk to you know someone who you know, whenever you're in those, I don't want to bag any particular, you know, topics or cultures or something, mm. but you know how sometimes you talk to some people about whatever subject it is mm. and you just, you just can't reason with them. Mm. Right. And they're just so illogically incorrect and you just, mm. you just can't even talk. You just walk away. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, they're not open for an actual conversation. They just want an argument that no model, no matter what you say, they'll just die yeah. on the hill.
1: And so I know some people who think like that about specific training and uh, boggles my mind specific yeah, wow. training is one of the best ways to improve and mm-hmm. uh the the reason is simple right because let's say you're training with someone who is uh there's a big skill difference mm-hmm. between you right so let's say you and I are rolling. So you've got a white belt. Wait, and you thought, said a big skill <laughs> difference though. Yeah. Right. Oh wait, sorry. Let's say you've got someone with a gigantic skill difference. Right. You and me are rolling. Oh. And <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. No, but you've got like, whatever it is, you've got a white belt and a black belt, or you know, well, it could even be a black belt and a black belt, but they're just, you know, one's a 10 time world champion mm-hmm. and another's just a dude, whatever. Just a lad. Just a lad. <laughs> just a lad. Uh, and so let's say you and I are rolling, right? Mm-hmm. And we're just having a regular roll. Out of a hundred rolls, you know, without taking jokes and the piss or whatever, mm. just, you know, honestly, if you and I had a hundred roles right. of how many of those roles do you think you would mount me?
0: Legitimately? Yeah. Less than one.
1: Yeah, right? Like, it, like it, it, if you it and I were having, yeah, I mean, it could have, but if you and I were having just proper roles mm. without like messing around and trying, like it just, there's just still at the moment too big of a skill gap. Yeah. I've, yeah. You were, I'm not bagging. If you were
0: trying, I don't think out of a hundred, it would be less, it would be like 0.1.
1: Yeah. So, uh, but yet if we do specific training and we're doing mount, Mm. I mean, that gives you an opportunity to work on mount mount Mm. against a black belt, right? Mm. Like someone that in a role you'll never. So, you know, if you never did specific training, Mm. the only time that you would get to experience what it feels like to mount someone is when you're, training with someone your level or less than you, right? But then when
0: you're in that position, you're not experiencing how high level competitors Escapes. Escapes. Yeah. 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 So you can't practice retaining Mount against someone that's vastly better than you.
1: Yes. So that's the first reason. And that's also like, I mean, that could be when you're two people who are similar level, right? Mm. So, um, you know, if I'm training with another black belt or brown belt, or even they could be a blue belt, whatever. You're training with some monster dude. Could be a white belt, right? You're just you tra- training with me. i like training with you now, right? Some monster right? lad. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, maybe it's someone who like out of a out of hundred roles would be lucky for either of us to take each other's back or something, you know, mm. so then you do specific and you get to start in that position. So firstly, you're getting to experience – a position that never organically happens, right? Which, sorry, I don't mean it never organically happens in jiu meaning, well, why would you practice it? I just mean against this partner it might never happen. Yep. But the other reason that makes specific training so important is because let's say for – Usually when we do it in the gym, we do three minutes each. So if it's mount, three Mm -hmm. minutes on top, three minutes on bottom, Mm -hmm. like you said, once the position's resolved. Resolved usually meaning there's been a submission or or you've escaped mount or or whatever. So let's say I'm mount on the bottom Mm -hmm. with you. Like it's specific training. You should really be embracing that it's, it's you can be doing specific training competitively, but it's not a competition. And what I mean by that is it's my opportunity to try a million different escapes. So let's say I try one particular mount escape and you know you choke me, oh shit, that didn't work. like I'm instantly back in that position. I go try this one. oh I got armbared. Yeah. you know, I'm being able to try, let's say within that one three minutes, I might get 10 opportunities to escape mount, whereas in an organic roll, that mount might only come up once every 100 rolls. And then when I'm in that mount, I might only get one or two chances to escape it, you know? So it's like you're just, uh, you know what it makes me think of for anyone who's a bit of a... um, dragon ball z fan or ever watched dragon ball z have did you ever yeah, watch yeah, dragon yeah. ball z i'm with you you know you know i i i was never a huge fan so i don't know all the names and stuff but i remember that um like goku would go into that like room that for him time oh moved yeah. normally but yeah, for ev- everything
0: was heavy and shit yeah. yeah and
1: like you know for him something like uh, you know two decades would pass and when he mm. would come out of the room like in the real world only like a day passed It's
0: like some inception level some, shit yeah yeah so or like so, interstellar
1: <laughs> yeah so it's kind of like that specific mm. training you're getting to like really yeah cram in a huge amount of yeah. training within that one position i was talking right? to like let's you know like what if what if you're like a boss at bearing bolos, but then mm. you lose the back every time you get the back, like, well, how are you going to improve your back control? Like, man, just do specific training with yeah. back control. Particularly
0: like- when you're saying like that position may not come up in an entire, you know, uh, class of rolling. Yeah. It, it may not, but if you do specific training, you're forcing yourself in that position, getting more time, more experience. Still going to Jeremy Skinner, and he he was saying that the I was basically, the conversation came around because I was asking how like, blue belts can submit black belts and he was basically saying okay so you may be a blue belt but if you did a shitload of specific training for leg locks or insert specific position here in that position you're not really a blue belt you're the skill of a black belt and if yeah. you can just focus on getting your opponent to the position where you have the more experience than them then you'll win and the well, way you achieve that is through specific training
1: yeah well yeah i've 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 said that a lot mm. um that the the and I always use usually GSP as an example. You know, one of the best MMA fighters of all time was just so good at controlling. He would have the fight wherever he wanted. Mm. And and the example in Jiu Jitsu I always give is you know someone who I've trained with a lot. You know Levi, who's just incredible. Not only is he who's Levi for, <laughs> uh, for the audience, for the weird people listening who don't mm. know who Levi is. Levi Jones Leary, like pretty much the best Australian guy in the gi at the moment. Uh, COVID kind of derailed his world domination plans, but Mm -hmm. he'll be back. Anyway, he's probably one of the best Bering Bolo guys in the world, but it's almost like what he's better at than Bering Bolo's is making sure that the fight is always connected to a position where he can do a Bolo from. You know, so even if he was, yeah, a quote unquote blue belt, right, in that position, he's not even a black belt, bro. He's like beyond a black belt yeah. in the bearing bolo and keeping the fight in he's the, the bearing bolo the world, position. Right? Yeah. Right. So um, I mean, I'll give you an example. When when we were, what were we like purple, brown belts? You know, when I just roll with Levi, it's more or less a lot of that, like getting boloed, right? Mm. But I've done specific training with him. In mount, and I would escape mount every time, and I would submit him every time when I had mount. There's a big weight and size difference between Levi and I, Um, you know, lightweight against heavyweight. Mm. But that's, I mean, it's specific training, it doesn't matter, you know. And for all I know, Levi and I never sat down and had a conversation about it. For all I know, he was trying new escapes, Mm. you know. So even then, it wasn't like it's not a real simulation of a role, but it's such a powerful tool to develop your skills within that position, Mm. right? So, I mean, specific training is different to drilling, but you have to do it. Oh, man. Like, people who think specific training is a waste, it's, I mean, almost all sports do some type of specific training. Yeah, you know, like you could even look at weightlifting, right? Like, I mean, the argument that people have against specific training is like, you know, that, like, oh, no, it's just better to spend time like doing the actual thing. It's like, well, okay. Yeah, I disagree. Uh, if you're an Olympic lifter, right? So, doing clean and jerks and snatch. Are they the only two exercises you no. do? No, you do deadlifts, yep. you do squats. You could think of those as like specific training yeah. that help the final movement that you're looking to analogy do. Analogy,
0: Adam, so you're Bam, saying- Bam, take it. Damn, take that <laughs> Take that analogy to the face. So you're saying that in terms of an analogy, that specific training is like accessory lifts to a power lifter or an Olympic could, yeah, lifter. Yeah, you could say yeah. that. I yeah. I'd 100% agree. So then what is drilling?
1: all right back to drilling yeah so um yeah drilling more just practicing your techniques right but how how do you go about drilling who should drill what should you drill yeah I think let's start with at the lower level because I know like how to do it no no sorry sorry what I mean is I know brand new not even one stripe white belts yet who want to drill okay Mm. drilling is when I think of drilling what what I think is someone who has found time outside of a regular class schedule to practice their techniques. And if you're someone who just wants to do jiu-jitsu as a hobby and drilling doesn't interest you, that's fine. But uh, you're only gonna achieve so much, you're only gonna progress so much. The analogy I always give, and this resonates a lot with some people because I know a lot of people uh particularly some students who uh have a bit more of a academic approach or an academic thought mentality like analytical yeah mm. they might they kind of think that it should all be happening within the class and i always give this this analogy this example i say well imagine you were at uni to be a doctor and the only time you ever did anything to do with medicine was when you were physically there in class do you reckon you'd pass and become a doctor probably not right like you know there's hours of study and extracurricular activities you have to do and you know one med student (laughs) might be struggling to learn muscle names so they're going to go study that and one student might be forgetting to learn you know what drugs do what or whatever and they're going to study they're going to drill what is appropriate for them. So uh if you really want to improve, not even I'm not even talking about a professional athlete. I just mean like get better. Yeah. Like anything, anything you're interested in, even if it is just a hobby, then there has to be some investment outside of of just the physical class. And I th- man, it, re- it really goes for for anything. Like if I think back when you know, what's something I previously did that I would take classes for? Oh, like when I was younger, you know, and. When was, you,
0: didn't you used to do opera singing?
1: I did opera singing. I was yeah. a beautiful tenor. Yeah.
0: Um. And, and ballet, I and believe. I did a
1: bit of ballet. We, yeah. We're actually going to have a guest on uh, in the future who, Jiu-Jitsu Black Belt, ex-ballerina.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah. You can speak Spanish as well, right? Yeah, I can speak
1: Spanish. Fluently? I can do it all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Guitar. I learned. I took guitar lessons when I was younger, when I was a kid. But mm. like, I mean, I then pl- picked up the guitar when I was at home, mm. not physically in the class. Like any hobby you yeah, have, you, you need got, practice. Yeah, I understand that the logistically jiu jitsu is a bit more difficult to do that because you, yeah, you, you need a partner. You need a partner.
0: You need mats. You yeah. need some space. But like, back to your your whole thing. Like before you you know you know people before they've even got a one stripe, that want to drill. I was drilling with yeah. Zach before I got a stripe.
1: So what should you drill? Okay, so. If you're super new, okay, there really needs to be some some faith given to your instructor. There's just too much information out there that if you're let let's take the example that you're not even a one-stripe white belt yet. Well, mm. uh, you you know, so you're you're super brand new, but you still want to drill. You're frothing on jujitsu mm. and. You know, you've got access to mats and logistically you can drill. You've got a partner. What should you drill? Man, just drill whatever you've been getting shown in Mm -hmm. class. It's not like that technique you learned in class that then you did three minutes each. That's stored and done and you never need to drill it again. No. No. Right? So my advice would be just drill whatever you were learning And my, to
0: piggyback off that, I recommend writing down some notes after class. So when you go to drill, you're like, oh fuck, what do I, where do I put my hand or how do I do this again? You have notes. Yeah. Like taking up the time. That's whenever I drill, uh, I refer to my notes. Yeah.
1: So I, yeah, I would recommend just, you know, when you're super new, just, you're not yet at a point where you can drill, you know by yourself so to speak i mean like intellectually by yourself so just drill whatever you've been getting taught Mm -hmm. and even even at a higher level like when i was in brazil to give people a reference of of the amount of drilling i would do and my drilling what i would do is nothing compared to the amount that some people drill nowadays Mm. but i would train at seven in the morning and that would be three or four techniques and then I would do some strength work and then I would drill it from 11 till 12 and then I would train again at 12 and that would be more new techniques. So I would often, if I didn't know what to drill, I would just drill whatever was in the class from the day before. Cause I would be getting anywhere from five to 10 new techniques taught to me every single day. Right? Like a lot of information. I trained a lot. That's why. But, You know, I would just drill whatever technique I liked from that class or whatever one I struggled with. So just drill whatever you've been getting shown. It's Mm. still just more repetition. Okay, what if you're
0: not new? What if we're talking to like blue belts and above now?
1: So now that you've got a bit more under your belt, what should you drill? Uh Okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I didn't even. (laughs) Such a good pun. Mm. Um, What should you drill is whatever's applicable to you and what you're working on right? So that's obviously going to change, could change from day to day, week to week, depending on your opponents, you know, are you preparing for a competition? Uh, have you done privates with your um, with your coach? So he's given you some tips of what to to drill. But yeah, if, if you're training enough, you would know what is not working for you. So what I mean by that, let's say your guard's constantly been getting passed. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you've asked your your coach or you've asked a training partner, oh man, what do you think I should do here? And they show you, oh, you could do these one or two techniques. Mm. There you go. Go drill those techniques, right? And then see once you've drilled them and got a hang of them, is that going to translate to you being able to do them in a role, Mm. right? So you're going to drill what's applicable to you, right? Once you're then past that, like what do I drill, right? For example, so now let's say you're, a bit more experience, you don't need to be a, a black belt, you could still be a blue belt, but now you're you're well and truly more experienced, you've been training a long time, what should you drill? Well, firstly, you can always be drilling the two previous things we mentioned. You could always just be drilling what you learnt in a class, right? Or you could be drilling what's applicable to you and has happened in a role or what things you're struggling with in a role. But then there's also a type of drilling that I think is really, really important as you progress through Jiu-Jitsu and that's problem-solving, drilling. And this is a skill that you allows you to start, for lack of a better word, like inventing Jiu-Jitsu techniques, if you will, because when you're always relying on someone else for the answer, it doesn't force you to find that answer by yourself, Right. Again, I'll, I'll, I'll go with another analogy. But, you know, if you're just always an assistant manager on some engineering project or something, you know, there's a difference between that and then when you're the head engineer.
0: The buck stops with you.
1: Yeah, yeah, right. And there's problems come up and you have to solve the issue opposed to when you're just someone else, you might be able to ask your boss or that mm. superior, right? And I spoke to to Fabio about this because my jiu-jitsu from a technical point of view, got way better once I left Brazil. Not because the training wasn't good there, but I just had so much access to people far more knowledgeable than me who could just answer my questions and, you know, give me a million techniques to solve particular problems. But then when I moved back here, I didn't have access to that anymore. Or at least not as much access. So I was forced to solve problems on my own. And I think,
0: but I think the difference there is that you have, like, your foundational knowledge is vastly superior to that of a of a blue belt or what have you. That you're able to delve into the archive of oh, your of course, yeah. jiu-jitsu you, knowledge and and pick things from here, things from there, and yeah, and then you formulate a exactly.
1: Solution. You have to be at a certain yeah. level to already be able to do that. Yeah, right? you can't be I someone who's who yeah who's You know, oh, I've learned how to measure the circumference of a circle. Bam, head engineer on a project, solving problems by myself, building bridges. No, right? Mm. Obviously, what allows you to do that is uh, uh, an accumulation of knowledge and skills and techniques. And, yeah, I was speaking to Fabio about it and he was like, yeah, 100%. He said that some of his students, the more notable students uh, who ended up moving to the States like Lucas Lepre, Marcelo Garcia, Cobra, he was like, man, they just exploded once they left his gym. Cause they, the same thing happened to them. They then weren't in the gym with Fabio every day and mm. they had to start, you know, making stuff up by themselves. So you would even know this from drilling that you and I have done where sometimes I'll just have you in a position or whatever. And I'm just kind of there with my eyes closed, like thinking, and you know, I'm just physically troubleshooting stuff, trying mm-hmm. to find solutions for a particular thing that's, that's happening in my game or my roles or a position that, cause it's just, it still blows my mind how dynamic Jiu Jitsu is and that it's, we haven't figured out everything that can be done with two, you know, two different humans with eight limbs, right? Mm-hmm. For each. Right? <laughs> what the fucking, what humans are you drilling with, mate? But you, but you know what I mean? So that's like the the next level of drilling where you can problem solve stuff on your own. And it actually, it's, it's a super important skill to develop as you progress through your jiu-jitsu. You need to be able to learn to solve problems on your own. You can't always right. be turning to a superior and... And getting the answer spoon-fed to you.
0: Okay, here's I'm a not question.
1: saying don't ask your instructors for help, but I'm just saying if you're like, yeah, if you're a student of engineering, your you're like your goal is to get to a point where you could be a lead engineer, right?
0: So I have a question for you then. If I'm a, <coughs> if I'm a white belt, and maybe someone in my gym, like maybe another white belt or a blue belt, is always smashing me with one technique, is problem solving for myself is that looking online to find a solution to that and then drilling that with a partner and bringing that to the next class? I know that you shouldn't always specifically train things just to beat this one person or just to beat one technique that one person has. It's, it's a bad habit to be in if you're obsessed with it. But say, for example, if you did that, is that, does that count as solving your
1: own problem? I don't think that's a bad habit to have to, you know, I've spoken a lot about making goals against individual training Mm. partners. Um looking online for that answer. Mm. I'm not gonna go into the whole like watching YouTube and and what what have you, but no, that that doesn't count as problem solving on your own. Like it's a as a lower belt, it's not a bad strategy. Yeah, I mean I've
0: done it a bunch of times.
1: Yeah. I mean there's so much content out there. Mm. I mean my advice would be to to ask your your instructor because they should be able to help you. Um, but I
0: think like being proactive and say for example, if um, I'm pretty pretty new and I'm, I'm dealing with a pretty stock standard issue, um, like that something that's super basic that I could find on any generic like white belt tips, sort of YouTube video or channel. And I find the solution, I, I look to work it in and then I ask the instructor questions about that technique. Is that a better approach?
1: Yeah, I mean, look like, that's fine but yeah it's not i mean it's in the beginnings of embracing that kind of trying to fix stuff by yourself mm. but yeah it's not what you i mean you want to be getting to, to a saying. point where yeah, yeah you don't need to outsource yeah like the the information that you can sort through to come to a solution should just be all happening internally mm. like internally is in like from your
0: Wealth of knowledge, experience, exactly yeah.
1: opposed to, yeah, to looking elsewhere for it. That helps, though. But yeah, the whole looking at YouTube for solutions as white belts, it it can just get super messy. Mm-hmm. You know, just if if you you should have a coach who you can ask them questions and they'll help you, or other training partners. I mean, yeah, I said this before. People just get so into looking for that you know, golden egg solution, mm. the golden goose that'll solve all their problems, right? They keep searching for that YouTube video that's just going to be that one magical technique that works 100% of the time, but the rest of the world has never found it yet. Yeah. And this one dude's uploaded this video and you're going to be the world champion white belt. Like, man, yeah. no, there's no one magical technique. And students who go off and and spend you know, eight hours a day watching YouTube techniques and then turn up to the gym once a week. And it's like, man, like, why are you paying this mm. dude to train at the gym and learn from them? Like YouTube, like, man, just go ask your instructor. Like they should be able to help you. Right? In my
0: early days, I would watch a lot of um, like how to do submission videos. Cause like it was probably just just so happens that it was the period that I joined. We did a lot of like a lot of positional stuff, a lot of escapes. You know, some of the submissions were a bit too complex uh, for me at the time. So I I just kind of wanted a repertoire of basic submissions. So I'm talking Americana, I'm talking Kimura, I'm talking like you know rear naked choke, cross collar choke, super basic. Because I was getting I was getting frustrated because I didn't know what to do when I got to superior positions. Cause you know, even in the early days, particularly when I was rolling against a, another white belt, I was able to muscle my way into shit and yeah. I'd get there and I'm like, Oh, now what? Yeah. yeah. So I think I, um I looked at, cause I, I would never approach you and say, Hey Adam, can you give me five submissions like on the spot to, <laughs> to work on? So I'll just go onto YouTube and type in submissions for white belts and boom, watch that shit. And then looking at super basic stuff that you ended up covering like over and over again in class anyway. And I think after I'd seen it online and then I'd seen you talk about the same points, I was like, ah, oh, fuck, that makes sense. Like paint paint their hand like a brush down the side yeah. and then like literally the same sort of stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, I've seen that before. And then after you showed me the, the technique in class, I was like, okay, I, I think I understand mechanics now, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, well, cause you know, whatever position or submission you're doing can get incredibly complex. I would mm. always joke that, you know, Fabio could probably still to this day, make my hip escape better, yeah. you know, like yeah. it's just like s- such a level of, of detail. And, you know, that really goes back to why a huge amount of repetition is is, is important uh, because let's say a, an Americana, right? Uh, that first time you see it, it's you're probably gonna just only retain a, a few little details, mm. which is also why instructors shouldn't spend an hour to teach one technique. Like it's mm. too much in, in, information. I did a seminar once with Kubirinha with and man, like don't get, it was great, but it was just like so much information. Mm. And I've always been quite a, I mean, I think a pretty good learner at learning jujitsu techniques. When in Brazil, you know, whoever was teaching, would show the the technique, they'd show it once or twice and and I was good to go off and drill it, you know. And then as I was drilling it, something might come up and I'll, you know, put my hand up and get help, like, oh, what's happening here? Or whatever it is. Mm. Whereas even when I was a white belt, blue belt, like I was always like that. I only needed to see it once or twice. And and I think that skill developed even further during my initial maybe st- three to six months in Brazil where my Portuguese wasn't very good yet, where I just had to, was forced to be real quite visual in the way I would learn it. Yeah. Whereas at the same time, there would be world champion black belt standing next to me who would ask to see it once or twice more before yeah. they would go off and, and, and drill it. Uh, so you can't retain all that information. So you might turn up to a class and it's that, Technique again, but then you're going to retain, you know, a yeah, different more. bit, a different bit, a or different you'll have bit. a
0: light bulb moment. I think for me, the biggest one has been the hip bump sweep. I, um, I, we've probably done it, I've probably done that maybe three or four times, mm. and every single time we do it, because I've never been able to, well, I have now, but. Up until that point, I'd never been out to actually do it. I didn't know what I was doing wrong. And then every time I say it, I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I'm doing wrong. I need to fix that. And then I run into another problem. Ah, oh, okay, yeah. my, my fucking, my legs in the wrong position. I'm yeah. stopping myself from doing the sweep. So yeah, hundred yeah, percent. And then you have literally light bulb moments and it's the best feeling. Yeah, and really I think is.
1: because you need to, um, and I think a, a nice way to a thought to kind of tie all this in as to why drilling and specific training and everything is, is so important is because with the with the development and the evolution of anything, right? jiu-jitsu, medicine, like what, whatever it is, things only progress because you can build on previous accomplishments or knowledge, standing right? on the
0: shoulder of giants. Yeah,
1: right. Exactly. Uh, so you need to, on the one hand, you need to assume. That there's already like when someone tells you something, you need to assume that it's correct. What? Well, sorry, that came that came out wrong. But you know, if you're learning from someone and they tell you, if you're learning from a math teacher and they tell you two plus two equals seven, right? Obviously, it doesn't. But like you, you would have to just take their word for it right like you're learning from a teacher okay yeah so but obviously you want a math teacher who knows what they're talking about they tell you two plus two equals four you go okay like and off you go so you can build on that right Mm. and that's with everything everything progresses in this agreement kind of almost in society this agreement that there's some assumed knowledge right i mean when i was told that looking at the sun can damage your eyes i didn't feel compelled to test that theory. I just took that person's word Mm. for it. Right. And I didn't go outside and stare at the sun. Yeah. Okay. But the, so yeah, on the one hand, just what I'm saying is trust your instructor, trust your instructor. And because they're giving you information and that is already been tried and proven. However, the thing that makes jujitsu slightly different and then why you need to drill is because that, theoretical knowledge then needs to become physical knowledge right so it's not like something like like I've used engineering as an analogy a lot today but it's not like something like engineering or mathematics where I can just tell you here in like because a x y axi, blah, blah 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 that would collapse and you just go okay cool like don't do you know it's that theory in jiu-jitsu then becomes physical knowledge. So let's say with the hip bump, maybe it's something like uh, I'm telling you, bro, it won't work unless like you come up onto your hand. If that support hand, you stay on your elbow, Mm. like it, it, it won't work. You need to come up onto your hand, okay? And that's knowledge that I'm giving you that's been built on previous knowledge and everything. And you go, okay, yeah, cool. And you agree with me and everything, but then that needs to physically translate, so then maybe you're not hip bumping in your roles and you look at some footage and you realize, man, I'm not coming up onto my hand like I thought I was, like the, you know, cause it's not like just because you theoretically know something, your brain and your muscles just go, bam, cool, I can instantly do that. Yeah, I get what you're yeah. saying, yeah. So that's why the drilling needs to happen so you can convert that theoretical knowledge into physical knowledge into muscle memory and all those sorts of things, right? So it can happen, so you can pull it off in a roll, so you can win those gold medals. Mm. So
0: the way I would see it is- That could have
1: been summarized much cleaner than I
0: did. So (laughs) you learn a technique from your instructor, you trust your instructor, but verify if required. Uh, The two plus two is seven analogy there. (laughs) So you learn the technique, you trust it. You then drill the technique in your own time if you can to obviously learn that muscle memory you can then utilize specific training for areas that you may not get into often to troubleshoot those that drilling of the technique yep. in a live quote rolling scenario and then you put that all together and use it in your roles
1: yeah yeah so it's like
0: and- a, a a progress right you learn you drill you specific train and then you can apply it in your roles yeah, in your competition it's
1: our um clickbait four-step plan to jujitsu success that's what the title uh, will be yeah <laughs> yeah because it's just without doing those things jiu is just it's just too many what-ifs mm. right like the exact same thing could play out with you mm. but then the exact same thing plays out with this other guy who's <laughs> arm is slightly longer than yours yeah. so whatever thing happens and doesn't work like there's just so many what ifs again it just boggles my mind how dynamic you know it can be with just two people grappling Mm. everyone moves different and has different bodies and like it's just so so dynamic a million different things can happen just with the one basic technique or position. So yeah, learn the technique, drill it, specific training, put that in your role. Right. And then you'd be a killer and then come back to the start. Oh, you know, champion. I guess it would be step one, two, three, four. And, and then, then and, and then back to step two, yep. right. If you're working the same technique, yeah, so it then it, then it just is this two, three, four cycle. Yep. Right. So learn, Drill specific role, and then you would go back to drill specific role, drill specific role. If you're troubleshooting the, in there, yeah, yeah if you're talking about the same technique, awesome. Um, but yeah, drill like it's drill. Su- super, super important. I wish I did more of it, I wish I had more time to drill. Uh, you know, if you're someone who likes the the knowledge side of jujitsu as well i really get off on the the troubleshooting side of jujitsu mm. i enjoy the fact that now i'm at a level that i can try to solve problems by myself you know i find that r- super super fun mm. uh so drill find a drill partner you know find time outside a regular class i know logistically it can be hard yeah but it really is what you know, and takes I- your jujitsu to another level. Probably the most famous guys, are the, the the Meow brothers, would drill so much. Man, Levi again spoke about Levi. He would even when he had no one to drill with, he would drill by himself. Like he would do the jujitsu. On a dummy or something? No, he would do the jiu-jitsu equivalent of of shadow boxing. Uh, he yeah. would, and and I've done this as well sometimes, and I, you know, I can credit Levi for it because I had never done it prior to seeing him do it. But he would essentially have his eyes closed and be shadow drilling he would be going through the motions as best as you can because obviously some techniques like were,
0: visualization yeah. with, with um muscle yep. memory in there that's yep. brilliant that's brilliant you
1: know so it'd be uh, highly effective and you can't argue with it not working because yeah. look at him right exactly
0: and i would just i normally don't give advice but i will give advice in this one instance is uh if you don't have a drilling partner and you want to I don't know. Drill something like a triangle choke. Don't do it on your girlfriend. <laughs> they won't appreciate it. <laughs> uh,
1: and they, yeah, they always have the magical escape, which is grabbing you in the nuts. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, um, that is yeah. exactly it. Yeah, it's and like, maybe that's against know, <laughs> the rules. What fucking rules? Some people have I grappling guess. dummies. I've actually never used a grappling dummy, so I Neither have either. no opinion about whether they're good or bad. But some people have grappling dummies. Yeah. You know, lockdown, COVID, all that stuff makes it hard. But if we yeah. ignore all that. Try find someone who is got a similar schedule mm-hmm. to you, similar interests. And drill. if you can't,
0: that's a new one. Shadow drilling. Shadow drilling. Give Got to go.
1: Or even, you know, like you can pull someone aside at the end of class and ask them if they got three minutes, mm. five minutes, and you just if quickly you did that drill, consistently.
0: It would add up over time. Adds up, bro. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Cool. All right, yeah, that's right. a good. That's a good place to leave it. Um, I think that was a trilling extravaganza there. Um, <laughs> 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 learn everything you want to know about drilling. Uh, sweet. So if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to follow us on Spotify and uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We are on pretty much most streaming platforms for wherever you can get uh, podcasts. So whatever Even recently platform. on your YouTube channel. Yeah, we're now on YouTube as well. So if you're watching on YouTube, hello, YouTube. Uh, and if you haven't seen the YouTube versions from about episode 18-ish onward, we have the video version up of, you know, you, so you can see us talking. Yeah, Prior to uh, that's just the audio, yeah, but just still, audio. still on YouTube. Yep, still on YouTube. So uh, yeah, feel free to jump over onto YouTube, subscribe, follow us on Spotify, all that good stuff. And if you want to support the show further, we are on Patreon. Do you
1: think we should do, um, we might have to do one day. So by the time people are listening to this episode, two weeks prior to you listening to this, if you listen to this live when it comes Mm. out, more or less two weeks prior to that, we had a bit of a banter on our Instagram back and forth. Because, I mean – it seems pretty obvious, but for those who don't know, Kieran and I obviously both have access to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu Instagram page. Yeah. And we had a bit of banter between us that he looks like Andy Sandberg and that I look like Sheldon from the Big Bang, which I do. <laughs> and, you know, I threw myself under the bus because yeah, I gave you, you him gave that. that. He you didn't gave even a come up with it. Gun, I gave, and we had a bit of a banter like- I destroyed you on the meme game. Yeah, as well. I got roasted in the meme game. But uh, we could do like a, because we film now like the video- podcast uh, we yep. could do like a deep fake one yeah, <laughs> where you're right. andy sandberg and i'm sheldon <laughs> Do the whole podcast. Uh, <laughs> i don't
0: think i could do the accent all right guys <laughs> if uh yeah if you enjoyed the uh, podcast feel free to support and uh until next time peace
1: out